Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavua. As we study Meseches Ksuvos, Daf, Samach Beis, Amid Aleph. I'm recording this year uh, very soon before Asar B'Teves. And it's a uh, perfect timing if we could say that. You know, hopefully by the time Asar B'Teves comes, Mashiach will be here. And uh, Asar B'Teves will be a Chag, as the Rambam teaches us based on the Gemara. But if it doesn't happen then this year will still be relevant. The Gemara here talks about it. I'm going to try to tie it in. Tassar B'Teves, the Tsar, that a Jewish person is supposed to feel over the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. It's brought in here as somewhat of a sidebar, but I want to present it in a certain context. It's interesting, the Gemara says, on one hand, the people in Eretz Yisrael are stronger. I thought of that because uh, we see our Chayalim, that are fighting. We see the people that are learning more hours than ever, especially in Eretz Yisrael. And it's also interesting that the studies have shown that despite all of the tensions in Eretz Yisrael, Israel's, I think, one of the top ten. Last year, I think it was number four in the happiest scale. People have a certain perspective. In fact, this ties in to an interesting discussion in the Gemara and Halacha You know that in Eretz Yisrael, in many places, most places in Eretz Yisrael, there are some exceptions in the north, they duchen during the week. Chazal teach us that you're only supposed to duchen when you are in a state of simcha. That's why uh, the minog is for Avelim, general minog is for Avelim, not to duchen. Because you only could uh, duchen in a state of simcha. There's even a shita uh, amongst the Rishonim based on the Gemara that only wants to marry, a person is married, which ties into our Gemara as well because only when you marry are you truly happy. Some may disagree, but that's uh, not so nice. Only when you're married are you at a full level of simcha, assuming that uh, you're treated well and you treat your spouse well in the shalom bias, and therefore only a kohen who is married should be able to duchen. We don't paskin that way. Not that we don't paskin about the happiness piece, but we say even uh, even ketanim to a certain extent, for chinuch purposes, and definitely people that are not married. But the question, of course, which is a very famous question, is this is not a din in the Shetaloi Ba'aretz. This is not a, a din that's tied into Eretz Yisrael. So why is it the practice outside of Eretz Yisrael that we only duchen on Yom Tovim? I'm talking in the Ashkenazi community, Sephardi community, they duchen every single day. And you have to appreciate this is a big, big issue because there's a los assay associated or definitely missing out on assay for someone who doesn't duchen. So there are many explanations. Historically, there have been opportunities that duchening has been reintroduced. We covered a lot of this in Mesechas Tanis. But I just wanted to just tie this in to what's happening in Eretz Yisrael today and just Halach Lamaisa. I always thought the pshat was based on Ramah in the halachas of Birchas Khanim, that in Eretz Yisrael, by definition, they're happier, which is similar to this happiness that we have on the Chagim. And the happiness over here doesn't just mean to get drunk, Chas Shalom. It means a perspective, a certain uh, additional meaning, practically and existentially, about living in Eretz Yisrael. That's what's assumed in our Gemara as well, as far as the strength of Eretz Yisrael. Now, we do have this idea of Avir Da'aretz Machkim, which there seems to be something uh, almost metaphysical about the development of the brain in Eretz Yisrael. So maybe on Yom Tovim, we have this relief. And uh, the Ramah points out, and the Achronim say as well, that on Shabbos, it's true, 
we have relief from the week. We still have business on our head, unlike a Chag, which is a more extensive period. So going back to this idea uh, in our parish, in our on our daf of Eretz Yisrael being different, and people have a sense of being strong. Someone in the shul, uh, Danny Altman, quoted a few weeks ago from the uh, Bat Dayan that he only wanted to publish a sefer once he came to Eretz Yisrael. It's almost that there's a certain uh, lack of shleimus when we're living in Chutzlaretz. What I want to say just very briefly, since you're going to be listening to this before our Sarabateves, it's something that I discussed in a, in a different shir, and I'll sure I'll be mentioning in shul the next couple of days as well. It's somewhat strange this year that we have Asar Bateves falling out on a Friday. So Asar Bateves on Friday is actually not as rare as people think. I think I made a mistake last week, uh, not in this year, in a different context. I discussed the Haftorah of Shabbos Miketz. It's typically Hanukkah, but last week a very unique thing that we had, uh, the actual Haftorah, the famous Haftorah of uh, Shlomo Amelech cutting the baby in two, and that is much more rare than what we have now, Aserbatevis. I saw someone say it's 20% of the time, so that's uh, one out of five years, the next year as well. The issue that comes up, just very briefly, because we're talking about the Chorban, is you're not supposed to fast on a Friday. It's actually fascinating, because the Shulchan Aruch does bring down a minhag of uh, great people to fast on Friday, this is in Simon Reish Mem Tess in Archaim, <coughs> because they wanted to uh, be hungry. That may remind us of what we learn on Hanukkah, right? Uh, not on Hanukkah, on uh, Pesach, right? Not to uh, eat Erev Pesach, Samach Mincha, which is 30 minutes before Mincha. Let's assume we're talking here about Mincha Kitana, not Mincha Gedola. So it's nine hours into the day. So there were those that fasted the entire Erev Shabbos. Already the mission of Burra, and you see this earlier in sources, Magan Avraham, maybe even earlier, says that's not our practice. And if anything, you should not go into Shabbos in an afflicted state. And uh, and he says, Imloshahu Istanis, unless you're an Istanis called Kachim Yochabiyom, Lo Yuchalacha You could imagine, you know, we read about these hostages, read about the hostages who were given and are given so little food. So it discusses over here, if a person is, has such a small appetite in general, that eating a little bit on Friday is going to stop them from eating uh, Friday night, then they should not eat on Friday. But that's not what happens to us. Today, people uh, could do more damage, the Mishnah Brewer tells us, by not eating at all, because you're going to end up coming into Shabbos in an afflicted state. You don't want to be singing L'chadodi, Mizmar Shilioma Shabbos, and even eating when you're famished is not necessarily... Um, the best type of eating or the healthiest eating if you're not doing it in a very paced way. But Asar Batevis ends up being an exception to the rule. We have a general principle that when it comes to Tsar, when it comes to negativity, we delay it. That's why any fast day that falls out on Shabbos, including Shabbos Batamus and uh, Tishabov, we don't fast on Shabbos, obviously. There is such a, a view for those that had a Tanis Chalomos, even on Shabbos, but let's put that aside. So we delay it to Sunday. If it's a uh, fast day that's not commemorating something negative, Tanis Esther really is a day of inspiration, we'll move that to Thursday. Same with the Tanis Bechoros is uh, moved to Thursday, even though that's in a separate category. But Asar Bateves on a Friday sticks to its day, right? It sticks to its day. And the question is why? 
So this is discussed in the Rishonim. It's really not the biggest kasha, because as I explained to you, fasting on Friday is not inherently an iser. It's only under certain conditions. The Abu Draham is very famous, uh, one of the Rishonim on the Siddur and on Halachos. He tells us that it's based on a Pasig in Yecheskel. He says, I've heard about this from Pasig in Yecheskel, Perachavdal, Pasig Beis, that talks about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash and talking about Asar Beteves, which on the surface is a relatively uh, minor part of the Chorban. But the Archa Shulchan points out it may be, in retrospect, the minor part of the Chorban, obviously relating relative to Shivasa Batamas as well as to Tishabav. But the Archa Shulchan says in Hilkos Tishabav, Simon Tafkov Memtes, Kib Asar Beteves, Haisa Hatcholas Hatsaras. This was the beginning. Now, there was Saras even before, but as far as the story, if we could call it, of the Chorban based on Migdash, it was two and a half years. So there was a two and a half year gap between the siege over Yerushalayim that's described in Malachim as well as in Yermiyahu. So the Jews really had an opportunity to, to change, to effectuate what was going on, the different issues that were taking place beyond just the big three, other issues that were taking place internally and externally as well. And uh, Revaron Lichtenstein, in a pretty well-known piece, is actually B'nai Yisachar that's similar to this, is in, in Yahadis, we don't just focus on calamity. It was considered negative, obviously, to have a siege over Yerushalayim, but we look at the seeds, what's at the outset. In fact, relating to this parsha, there's a very famous Rabbeinu Manoach. Rabbeinu Manoach says that uh, at the Pesach Seder, we dip the uh, karpas. Karpas, he goes through a whole calculation how karpas relates to the coat that Yosef, Yosef's coat that was dipped into blood. And he says, we remember that at Pesach when we got into Mitzrayim. Obviously, we end up getting out. We got into Mitzrayim because of the dipping of the coat, because of the sinas chinam. I wouldn't say this without the Rabbeinu Manoach. And it's interesting, the Ibn Ezra says that's why Yosef had to come out of Mitzrayim, even when he passed, because that was the full circle. The Rambam goes even earlier. This is based on the Gemara Msech Shabbos. The Rambam tells us in Hilchas Nachlois, which is talking Nachlois, which is talking about inheritance, that a parent shouldn't favor a child over another, because look what happened when Yaakov favored Yosef. Again, that's what the Rambam is saying, not Shalom Baum. You could ask me, ah, how about Pishnayim? Okay, that's that's delegated from the Torah. And even today, we try, since there is a mechanism called a shtar chatzizachar, not to favor one child over the other. Rabbi Willig, Rabbi Mordechai Willig, is uh, very passionate about instituting it, since you're allowed to do it, not to create friction within a family. So this is a little bit about the Chorban and Asar's Pateves that's definitely on Friday. Now it happens to be that the Abu Draham says famously in that piece, even if Asar Pateves would be on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. Because it says, Be'etzim ha'yom hazeh, on, uh, relating to Asar Beteves, and it says, Be'etzim ha'yom hazeh, on Yom HaKippurim. And Yom HaKippurim, we obviously do on Shabbos. So, it's a problematic Abu Draham. This is not me saying it. This is what the Torah says at the Igor, or the Agor, in the name of the Shibale Aleket. Um, and some others say it's a problem to take such an approach. Because, first of all, Yom HaKippurim is different. It's not a fast day of lamentation, of tsar. It's actually a simcha. And the Abu Draham is based on a tshuva saga that hasn't been seen. So again, this ends up being a machlokas, but 
it's really not practical because Asarbatevis can never fall out on a Shabbos. Interesting. Some Gedalia, I'm not sure about some Gedalia. Could some Gedalia fall out on a Shabbos? I think so, yeah, because you could have Friday. Anyway, yeah, you could have a three-day uh, Rosh Hashanah, and obviously Shavasa Batamas and Tishabov. it seems like it, they always fall out on Shabbos, and then we end up pushing it to the side. Now, I wanted to discuss another two other aspects of this daf. I mean, this is an incredible daf. On this daf, just before I get to the two other aspects, you have a very famous expression of pas basala. It actually relates to Atanas as well, that when somebody has bread in the basket, then they're in a better situation than they don't have bread in the basket. Now, this is referring in the context of the Gemara to a, a woman and a man being able to be together based on the profession that he's in. The uh, another context of this, where it actually comes from, is to Atanas. We say, you know, on a fast day, people like to smell food. There's no real prohibition about that. They like to prepare food. They like to look at food. Maybe videos of food. Maybe they imagine that they're eating. Okay, we shouldn't spend the whole day doing that. But that person has an easier fast day than a person who has no idea where their next their meal is coming from. Even though at that moment, neither one has halachic access to food. But the physical access to food, it plays a, uh, an emotional, has an emotional impact on us. This is an interesting concept. It goes way beyond um, this specific issue. Sometimes when a heter is given to a person, and this is something that I once had a conversation with Arashar Weiss, I'm not free or at liberty to, ha- to discuss the exact issue, but uh, he gave me a heter for something relating to a balabas. Once the person knew there was a heter, they decided not to take the heter, which was not a chiv to take the heter. And he explained to me, Paspasalo, I checked it out with the doctor in our own shul who had the same exact response. I want to deal with a very interesting issue that relates to our daf. So clearly what we have on our daf is the responsibility, it's part of the ksuba, that a man has to uh, fulfill the, the physical desires of the wife. The wife has to do as well. We're not going through all the details right now. right? This is part of a ksuba. And then it's going to depend, based on the access, the, the, the availability of the man, whether he's away, um, and what profession he's in, how often they're supposed to have relations. Or, again, not when she's a nida. Um, you know, what's considered to be, this is not just like a, a mandated time that it should be mechanical, a couple has to be in the right mindset, or else they can have relations, but it sets a uh, important framework. And to the man to have the understanding of that. Ramosha pointed out, and if anyone could tell me where he pointed this out, it would be great, that Ona, as we have in our Gemara, doesn't refer only to the physical time that a husband and wife are together, but also the quality time, in addition to the physical time, of the husband spending time with his, uh, with his wife, the wife spending time with the husband as well. This relates actually to a question that came to uh, the Tzitz Eliezer. Maybe I mentioned it before in this year. I'm not 100% sure, but it's relevant to this daf. It came to uh, the Tzitz Eliezer in 1973. We know from a Gemara in Meseches Tanis on Daf Yud Aleph, I've been referencing this Gemara, we're actually going to see it inside in a Shir Shabbos morning, that Be'esara, at a time of Tsar, specifically at a time of famine, but this is expanded upon by Rishonim and Achronim, at any time of communal Tsar, 
A husband and a wife are not supposed to be together. Now, there are many qualifications to this. Have they fulfilled Puruvu? It relates to our Gemara as well. What's going to happen with their Shalom bias? And the question came to the basic theory is learned from actually Yosef. Because Yosef says, I had, it says about Yosef in Pashas Miketz that he had the children before the famine. Implying, and the Gemara learned straight out from this, that during the time of famine, he would have been together with his people emotionally. Even the people in Mitzrayim, some say only the people in Eretz Yisrael, it's an interesting question, that he thought was experiencing a famine at that time, and he would re- resist from his own uh, pleasure. So how far does this go? This is the question that's asked to the Tzitz Eliezer, Bizman Mochemes Yom HaKippurim. I heard this question asked to Rav Asher Weiss this year as well. Now, when it comes down to it, they say whether they've been Mekayim in the midst of Puravu or not, then they still, sh- it's not going to apply Bizman HaZeth, right? It's not on our level that a person should have that type of tsar, but on themselves in order to empathize with what's taking place and to be a Tifresh Manat Sibor. The, the when it says in the mission of Pirkei Avos that he's supposed to carry the all of the tzibor, the Bar says not to be mafresh menat tzibor, and that includes uh, be'esara. <clears throat> so we have other ways to explain it. One of the things I heard as well from a uh, certain posek, I'm not free to quote necessarily. I'm not necessarily free to quote his name, so I don't want to because it was a private discussion with Rabbanim. Is that for Chayalim? And uh, for wives that are in the army or getting out of the army to not allow them to have relations, forget about the rest of the community, Be'esar could have a problematic impact on the morale of that particular chayal and for the nation in general and for this woman in general as well. Someone asked Akasha, I may have mentioned it in a different shear as well, how about the harchakos, when a woman's a nida? So obviously the harchakos are going to apply, even for chayal, that comes back, unless uh, some gadol adar is able to give an exception. But these are the types of questions that are being asked within Eretz Yisrael. The other issue that comes up, and we're going to continue with this, Bezrat Hashem, next week, is the issue of Talmud Torah. Because it seems that there's a special dispensation for the husband to be away from his wife because of Talmud Torah. And we're going to have to explain this as the Gemara ends with the story of Rabbi Akiva, who was away from his wife for not only 12 years, but he came back and heard that she said, I would take another 12 and another 12 years. This obviously is going to be uh, an exceptional case, but we will learn some halach lamaisa from it. Have a great week of learning a good tannis, a meaningful tannis for those that listened before. If Mashiach doesn't come, the mayor of Yemenu, amen.